0: You're listening to the Asking for a Friend podcast, an elder-led ministry of Believers Baptist Church in Emory, Texas. The Asking for a Friend podcast exists as a weekly resource for the edification and knowledge of God's people. My name is Jason Rowland. I'm the senior pastor and one of the elders of Believers Baptist Church, and I'm joined this afternoon in this podcast by another one of our elders, Philip Castleton, We appreciate that you would take the time to listen to this podcast, whoever you may be, and wherever you may be, may the Lord bless this podcast to you as a means of grace for your spiritual growth. And Philip, before we get started, I have to ask you to forgive me for something. Okay. Uh, I know I didn't buy your lunch when I had an opportunity. How dare you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was not the response I was thinking oh, okay <laughs> well maybe the scripture will inform yeah, okay. how my response should have been right right <laughs>
0: <laughs> well this is a second podcast that we're doing in April of 2021 that brings up a question from the Sermon on the Mount and it is the question what does Jesus mean by neither will your for- for- father forgive your trespasses What does Jesus mean by neither will your Father forgive your trespasses? And so let's read the text, set that question in context, and begin to think about it and try to give some help in answering that, Philip. Sure. Um, I'm going to begin in Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 5. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, Do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for the many words, their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this daily bread give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So, Father. Um, so, Philip, um, on a surface reading of this um, particular. Verse, that is verse 15. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It seems to be a statement that Jesus is making in regard to if there's some harboring bitterness, unforgiveness that I have in my heart toward another, then I do not receive the forgiveness that God would be in his mercy able and willing even to grant me.
1: Yeah, uh, and, and to some extent it's saying that, but not in the sense that most people think that I think that they understand it. Uh, the, the, this is why context is so important. This is why we don't read one verse this is why you started all the back in verse five. Right. This is why we could have gone all the way back to the beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, or we could have just started in verse in chapter in chapter six, verse one, because he's establishing a context, uh, you know, for all of this argument. Yes. But but beyond that, we know scripturally that if forgiveness, if the forgiveness of my sins, for example, which is the way I think most people understand this, right. The forgiveness of my sins, in which case um, I am in right standing with God because my sins have been dealt with, uh, as David would say, blessed are those to whom God does not impute sin, right? right. Uh, so the the the, the weight and, and, and the wages of my sin has been dealt with in Christ. If, if God um, is going to do that, I must forgive before he will forgive. If that's the way we understand this, then we're making this some kind of, like I said, judicial um justification um, and it makes it work it makes uh, it provides or, or would teach it, it works righteousness it would say that the only way that I can stand before God right is for me to perform in a certain way and therefore I would garner forgiveness from God I would merit if you will forgiveness if I forgive that cannot it is not the right way to understand it right. and cannot be because it would violate um th- that salvation is by grace alone and but there is obviously something being communicated here um uh, uh, along those lines right? right um so we've need to uncover what that is yeah
0: well i think i think you're spot on when you talk about that this is not referring to some kind of judicial forgiveness of justification. It is referring to a relational forgiveness, a forgiveness that is happening within the relationship that a believer has with the Father. Um, It is the same as um, the Father saying, if you you refuse to forgive, if you continue to hold something against your brother and do not forgive him— then your Heavenly Father will discipline you severely, or there will be ramifications for your sin of unforgiveness.
1: Yeah. Um, There'll be a a fellowship break, a loss of communion, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, And... You know, and and you referenced this earlier when we, when you and I were talking. In a real sense, it's exactly what Peter warned husbands about in First Peter when he says that um, if they mistreat their wives or don't treat their wives right, it would hinder their prayers. Right. Right? I mean, there's a sense in which we need to um, – or was that Paul? I don't know. Lost my mind, but nevertheless, um, there's a sense in which no, you were right. It's it's Peter, yeah, First Peter three, yeah. We need to um, uh, be thinking in the context of forgiveness. What have we received? What have we done? What have what has been granted to us, Um, and and what does that look like now? And how I react or respond is probably a better word to my neighbor. When, um, when sinned against, right, right. right. So, um, and there's even a, a maybe a bigger understanding in the sense that, um, I, and I think this is definitely in the, in the mix. If I've been forgiven, I'll be marked by forgiveness. Forgiveness. One who is f- forgiven much forgives. One who's loved much loves. Right. This is the idea I think. And so there's a sense in which um, there's a communication. In fact, in the very beginning, it says up here. Um, your father knows, this is in verse eight, uh, talking about don't be like the Gentiles, right? right? It says that, don't be like the Gentiles Or heap up a bunch of words. The Gentiles have a misunderstanding of God. They have a misunderstanding completely about the nature, they have an inadequate view of God. Right. Right. So they think if I stand up there and I and I say all these things that it'll either draw men's attention, especially, but maybe it'll draw God's attention. Right. Mm -hmm. He says, don't be like them. Don't have an inadequate view of God. God knows what you need. It says before you ask him. And then you get down here and verse 14 tells us what our primary need is. Forgiveness. forgiveness, right? Okay, we need forgiveness. Right. We need not only the judicial forgiveness you mentioned that 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 leaves us in right standing with God, but if we truly love Him and we truly want Him and we truly desire, we have a new nature uh, uh, which uh, the new birth affords. Then we're also going to want fellowship, right? Ongoing fellowship. We're going to want to keep a short list with God. And I think the point being here that if, if we don't recognize the grace that's been uh, issued in us and it hasn't been evidenced by a new heart and a new way of thinking about those who offend <laughs> us, then it may be true that we haven't been changed at all, right? Right. Our greatest need is forgiveness. So if if our hearts and, and, and minds and everything and, and, and our relationship to God has been tempered, if you will, by mercy, shouldn't that be what we offer to others? Absolutely.
0: And perhaps this parable will uh, give some clarity as we think about this. Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times, Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy seven times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him ten thousand talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had, and payment be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of the servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, he began to choke him, saying, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all of his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your
1: brother from your heart. Yeah. That's from Matthew 18. The, the point that you just read is don't be a hypocrite. Right. That's exactly the same point that he's made in the beginning. Verse 5, you must not be like the hypocrites um, who who... Who who go up and and offer for a pretense prayers right? Um, it goes on to say in verse twelve, um, forgive us this day our give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. The point is without hypocrisy, Mm. for forgive us our debts, Lord. We're asking for forgiveness. And we have forgiven those who have offended us. Without hypocrisy, I can come and make this prayer that I long for forgiveness. But I recognize the need for forgiveness. I recognize the need for mercy. And so I've offered it. I've offered it to those who have offended me. And now I know I've offended you, Father. Without hypocrisy, I come. Without pretense, I come. I come saying, please give me my greatest need. Right, forgive me my
0: sins. Yes, um, this is First uh, John one nine. Yes. This is the forgiveness of First John one nine. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to
1: forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's our greatest need. Right. That's what we need. Right. And that's what he's saying. Don't act with hypocrisy. And and I and I think that we can say that with with. That that is the point to this text with absolute assuredness because it is the point of of the first paragraph of of chapter 6. It's the point of the second paragraph of chapter 6. It's the point of the third paragraph of chapter 6. It's the point of the fourth paragraph of chapter 6. It's the point of the whole chapter. Example after example of example of those who say one thing with their mouth and do something else with their life. Right. They're hypocrites and in the whole time he's saying in the context of worship, in the context of service, in the context of your life, you must be consistent. The words that come out of your mouth and the actions toward your neighbor, the actions toward your friend, the action toward your, your boss, your, your, your spouse, your whatever, they must be consistent with the claim of your mouth. Don't be hypocrites in your, in your piety. Don't be hypocrites in your service. This is the point he's making all the way through. Don't be even hypocritical with saying out of one side of your mouth that you know God will take care of you and then be anxious for everything. All right? This is the argument all the way through. Be consistent. Recognize who God is. Rest in him. Right. So what about Philip, the person who
0: would say, uh, well, I just don't know that I can forgive what was done to me. You don't understand. It, it is so bad.
1: I would say that person probably has an inadequate view of grace and a, an inadequate understanding of their own sin. That, I think, is probably the biggest picture. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they are, they are, they've defaulted in the area of, of God's holiness and they've defaulted in the area of their own depravity. Right. Um, people who who respond that way, uh, not in, in a reactionary sense, and then they they move away. But the person who, who lives lives in that in that sphere, Constant. yeah, who says I'm not going to forgive because they have violated me too bad. They do not recognize how holy God is and how sinful they are. Right. That is the point that he's made here. You have violated the premier. Right? The God of all heaven and earth, you have, uh, as as R.C. Sproul said, you have committed cosmic treason, right? Uh-huh. And yet you don't even recognize it. And you're a little peon nothing, and you're going to hold against your neighbor. Mm-hmm. You know, some kind of violation. You have no clue what it means to be extended grace, right. because you do not know how holy He is, nor how vile you are. Right. I would say that would probably be my response to the person who lives in that attitude.
0: Right, and, and the text really hits. I would say many believers, because I I think that there are many sincere believers who want to love God with all their heart. They want to be active and involved in the church. They want to be a consistent um, Christian and have continuity in their life with holiness. But they just have this one area that they were hurt, their father, their mother, their sibling, their, a boss. Somebody's hurt them and offended them in some way, and they just cannot let it go. And, go ahead. Uh, and I, I think that... Th- at, at the very best, um, perhaps at the very best, we need to think of the f- fact that this text us, helps us to realize that, as you were referenced earlier, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, in regard to husbands yeah. not loving their wives as Christ loved the church or not loving them um, and living with them in an understanding way, yeah. uh, their prayers are hindered. That's what Peter says. Their prayers are hindered. The same would be here. Yeah. Um, their prayer for their own forgiveness. Um, they might recognize their own sin in some regard, um, attitudes or motives or actions, um, but yet they just have this unforgiveness.
1: Well, and, and but and uh, going back, this actually follows a discourse, and we've dealt with it in a previous podcast, but a discourse on personal rights. Yes. The reason people are unwilling to forgive is because they're unwilling to give up what they perceive as personal rights. Mm -hmm. They hold on to their pride. They hold on to their time, they hold on to their possessions, they hold on to whatever. They value those things, they they believe about those things that they're their own, that somehow they're entitled. And um, because of those things, a violation of those things causes disharmony, and a person says, I will not or I cannot forgive, whatever the case may be, however they want a verb, use the you know, I can't do that because you have violated these personal things, which he's already dealt with earlier in the Sermon on the Mount that you have have no right to those things anyway yeah chapter 5 verses 38 through 42 yeah and following even in verse 43 and following yes you've heard that it said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy love your neighbors and pray for those who persecute you here it goes on and it says if god can show common grace and provide for those who hate him as well as for those who love him so can you Right. Be like your father and you can show the grace of forgiveness and the grace of kindness to those even though they hate you. right. This is the point he makes. You want to look like your father? He says the tax collector and the Gentile, the heathen, the hypocrite, the lost man, he can love the person who loves him. Hmm. That's easy, right? You call yourself a Christian? Now we're calling you to a standard that is only knowable if the spirit lives within you. Can you love the person who hates you? Can you love and offer forgiveness to the person who has violated you in such a way that you can't even articulate the pain that it caused? Can you forgive that person and be like the father in heaven? Verse 43 and following. Right? right? That's the argument he's making throughout this whole thing. Right. The standard's too high. You can't do it. Can you be like your father? Can you offer forgiveness? Because your greatest need is forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Uh, offer, give it. And, and by the way, I think, like I said earlier, I think one of the shades of, 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 of importance here, one of the things of shades of meaning is that if you hold that view, that you can't forgive it's probably evidence that you don't know grace of forgiveness to begin with you're outside of Christ if that's the if you can if you can live in unforgiveness it might be evidence that you've never known forgiveness
0: right i think of romans chapter 5 to your point beginning in verse 10 for if while we were enemies we were reconciled to god by the death of
1: his son yeah
0: while Think we were of the, his
1: enemies. His, his love abounding, super abounding grace, right? Right. He, he, he gives us his son. He dies for us while he is our enemy. Mm-hmm. Not just our disposition to him, his disposition to us. He is our enemy. Mm-hmm. He is angry with the sinner every day, mm-hmm. and yet he gave his son while, and he reconciled us to himself you know, overcoming the, the 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 gap that was between us because of our sin. That's the that's the truth of the matter. Right, right. Well, I uh, I think
0: we probably exhausted the uh, text as much as we can in the time constraints that we have, Philip. But we again pray that this podcast will be a help and a blessing to those who listen thank you so much that you choose to listen again any ratings reviews or shares or good old-fashioned word of mouth um, that you can uh, pass this podcast along we would appreciate that and may the lord bless you amen